0: The Start On On Demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC for a vacationing Brett McGarry along with Loren McNabb for The Start On Demand. And it didn't take long for those provincial regulations and the new rating system to have a change Code Orange for Western Manitoba and the Prairie Mountain Health Region. We spend a lot of time in Westman on today's edition of the Start on Demand, along with pets. Germany enacting a law that says you have to walk your dog two times a day, and if you could have any pet at all, real or imagined, with zero restrictions for space For your personal safety, money, food, etc., what pet would you have? Some of the answers are extremely fascinating. Let's get right down to business. Oh, it's the spider video on the television. What did you start yesterday, Lorraine oh, that McNabb? That's funny.
1: Uh, we're going to have a much better animal conversation today, I think, and we'll get into that in a second. But yesterday, asking you, our loyal listeners, for your spider experiences and pictures after we shared some video of a colleague's experience in her backyard, I got to the point at the end of the day, I was like, all right, people. Texts were with coming the in, arachnids. tweets were coming in, people were sharing different info, and I was like, I don't want to know anymore, I don't want to learn anymore, and I most definitely- Do not want to see your spider pictures anymore.
0: Ignorance is bliss sometimes. (laughs) And perhaps you'd like to put the spider back in the jar, the web, whatever it might be after that discussion from (laughs) yesterday. As you mentioned, Loren, we are going to lighten things up from time to time today. And surrounding pets, as Germany has done something very interesting with regard to regulation around Fido and Fifi. We'll tell you about that in a few minutes time. We'll also tell you about Pet adoption rates uh, during COVID-19, but COVID-19 and the Westman area in particular is going to be a huge focus today. And why is that?
1: Well, of course, we learned yesterday that the code, the color, the province is assigning to its risk assessment during this pandemic was raised in the Prairie Mountain Health region. So Brandon, Dauphin, Melita, Verdon, Minnedosa, Clear Lake, Wasegamine... All the way north to Swan River, all those spots are now going to face restrictions starting Monday. And it's interesting that it was just Wednesday the province introduced its pandemic plan saying this is how we're going to rate our worries, so to speak, in this province. It's a risk assessment saying based on the numbers, this is what could shift. This is what could go up. This is what could go down. These are different plans we need to have because we need to be able to prepare Manitobans for the possibility that life as you know it is could change so starting Monday life as you know it in Brandon and all those other areas I mentioned will change it's going back in some respects with the gathering sizes reduced back to 10 indoors or outdoors but then it's trying something new Monday with the mandating of masks indoors or outdoors if you're in a public space outdoors the masks are on in Brandon because of the COVID outbreak and from what we're hearing from people saying people weren't taking it seriously enough
0: Lots of people asking, why are they waiting till Monday? Why isn't this going into effect today or tomorrow or even Sunday? Why wait all the way until Monday? It's almost like the declaration of an emergency will get around to it on Monday. Do you see that as a concern or do you understand perhaps what it is that they need to do in the meantime, why they're giving this lead time well, uh, on these new restrictions. On the
1: mask question, there'll be a lot of people who don't have masks, so you have to prepare for that. If you're a business, and it might affect you in the sense of your staff needs to have those masks if you weren't already wearing them, so you have to prep in that way. The gatherings, you know, there might have been events planned this weekend, and I don't know if there was any consideration to say, it's, is it fair to cancel somebody's wedding within 48 hours of notice? Perhaps that's part of the equation. So there's a planning component to it and there were times peak pandemic uh, or during the pandemic in april you know when every time there was a new layer of restrictions that didn't go into effect right away and i'm thinking schools for example right There was that lead up time so that people could have a chance to make their plans and prepare for that so that might be that might be part of the equation but as we move forward you know as, as much as this is a westman story in the sense of th- these changes to the brandon area the prairie mountain health region as it's called What are we all taking from this? Because if that's happening there, Mm -hmm. the message to the rest of us should be, you don't take it seriously. This is where we're going. And more than that, the restrictions could be heightened even more there. So if you're one of those people, and we've been talking so much about getting back to school that says, I'm worried about my kids going back to school, or I need them to go back to school, I'm worried about them not going back to school, no matter where you are in that equation, they can't go if we all don't get it together.
0: Well, and uh, you pointed out an article to me in the Montreal Gazette, uh, written by Sylvana Barone. She is a pediatrician. She's also a researcher, well-educated at Johns Hopkins University. And she says, and I think rightfully so, schools aren't in a parallel universe of their own. In the next few weeks and months, what we do outside of the four walls of the school building will be just as important as what we do inside. And the. The implication and the suggestion she's making is that if you want, need your kids to be at school, you need to act in a certain fashion when your kids are not in school and you need to be doing things 24-7 to make sure that... We can facilitate this in a healthy, safe fashion.
1: Schools was a big part of the question for Dr. Roos and yesterday. What does this mean for schools? As it stands right now, school's still on in Brandon, but that could change in that region. Things could change. And so, school's part of the equation. Uh, if you're living outside of that, the, the biggest cluster and the outbreak is in Brandon. If you're outside that area, how are you feeling about the fact that these restrictions are in place? Right. So at eight o'clock, we're going to visit with the city manager of Dauphin because they have one active case in Dauphin. But but starting Monday, they too will have to wear masks mm-hmm. indoor or, or, and outdoors in public spaces. Their gatherings will be reduced. And should we be thinking about the idea that all of us not shouldn't be pointing our finger at West Bend and saying, oh, come on, Westman, what are you doing? Because that's how they were thinking about us, I think. No question Because about Winnipeg that. was the peak cases right. back in March, April, May. Most of the rest of the province didn't have a lot. And so we shouldn't be sitting here saying, what's going on there? Dr. Rusin
0: is saying from the get-go, we need to act as though everyone has this. And... We might have done that for a period of time, and even the most stringent of us in terms of uh, the self-regulations we put on ourselves, I think I've relaxed those dramatically. Not everyone, but I think on a whole, we've let our guard down somewhat, and I think you make a really good point, and you made it right off the top here, that as we look to the West, we look to Prairie Mountain Health region, that if we don't want to go into these uh, serious situations with mandated masks here, there and everywhere and limiting gathering sizes indoor and out to 10, we might want to act as though those restrictions are already in place. I love the fact that people have gone so far I outside know. the box on this question that people are talking about Velociraptors. Velociraptor. That's what I was going to say. Dragons. You. And, you know, they're talking about either it stinkt Animals or beings or ones that don't exist. Yes. That's how far reaching and how broad your imagination has been opened this morning. It's Mackling and McNabb. We're going to have some coffee and talk about the pets that you would have if there were no restrictions, no financial restraints, no space and,
1: restraints. Exactly. No worried about death restraints.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fact that your pet won't turn on you and uh, have you for dinner. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun, and Jeffrey Forche. Jeffrey Forche going out on holidays starting uh, at what time today, Jeff? 1 p.m. Not like you're counting down or anything like that. No, no not no. at all. No. So what kind of, did we just seriously take yours? Yeah, I was going to say a Raptor. If you, put, <laughs> you, if you put like a saddle on it, you got transportation. Those things are fast, can go anywhere, and protection. No one's going to mess with you. It's
1: true. You could train it to just, you know, attack certain individuals or certain scenarios
0: don't mess with me my raptor will get ya. you what would you call this <laughs>
1: raptor i don't I, I didn't think that far ahead.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't even need a bike lane or anything like that it just like no. if there were cars in your way <laughs> just, just exactly you, you could park it anywhere like what, <laughs> what kind of what kind of person's gonna put a ticket on a, a raptor you wouldn't have to lock it up no yeah I'm lots just, I'll of just benefits call it, it comes you know what? I'm wondering if Jeff Forte hasn't already won this competition, if there is one. Indeed, Jeff Braun, what are you thinking? What do you think, first of all, of Forte's choice, and and what's yours? Well, the
2: Velociraptor would kill him in the first three seconds you bought it. So, <laughs> not you. You train it. You train it won't work. No, 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 no. You can't train a Velociraptor. It's a dinosaur.
1: I think if Jurassic World has shown us anything, if you that you that you can't you can sort of train them.
0: And they do surprise. They learn how to open doors after all, too, right? So, uh, (laughs) Sleep at night. I'd go with something a little more realistic like a giraffe
2: because, I don't know, I think it'd be a good conversation starter in the neighborhood if you had a pet giraffe and you could... Get the apples from the top of the tree, and you could look into the neighbor's backyards. There's all sorts of advantages to
0: having a giraffe in town. Voyeurism. This is this is where we've gone, <laughs> Jeff. Braun. Yeah.
1: Put a GoPro on top of its head, and it can just keep an oh eye boy, on everybody. We need a drone
0: then. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Uh, I think a chimpanzee for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. They uh, they're fairly clean. They're not fussy when it comes to food. They're very intelligent, and most important of all. I could train the chimp to start howling and grunting when McNabb started singing to drown out that horrible noise. <laughs>
1: wow. Wow. Like I dark. Th- took th- took think think that a dark place. Far. I
0: think if animal control is listening, I think Kelly Moore may already have a chimpanzee in his house. He knows a <laughs> lot about what's going on with them. Uh, you've put some thought in this, Kelly. I appreciate that. I try to do that with most questions I'm asked. <laughs> Now, Loren, your heart sort of sank.
1: Well, Braun took mine. I, I, oh, really? Yes, I love a giraffe. And I, if I had the space, they, there's something peaceful about them. Like it would calm you down just to see them loping through your forest or your field or whatever you had. And I think they'd also be funny. Like they'd make you laugh. Like if they peeked over the fence, you'd just be laughing all the time at the giraffe. But if I can't have a giraffe and we're throwing logic out the window, something like a unicorn, which doesn't even exist... Makes sense to me. The flying.
0: Oh, for
2: sure. Oh, like a Pegasus kind of uniform.
1: Yeah.
0: I I like it it's a good one Donna has me laughing here oh my gosh now is really taking this to the next level and really living this imaginary world we're in for the moment please don't buy from a breeder get your Velociraptor from the local raptor rescue (laughs) well that's definitely where I'm getting from (laughs) so is really thinking about this and uh, did we see Honey Badger a couple of different times Loren in the text messages there's
1: this Honey Badger who apparently is famous because we've had a couple tweets about the honey badger and a text and I'm just going to find his Stouffle? name. Stouffle, Stouffle, And he's apparently, and I looked it up, I just watched a BBC story. He's this badger who escapes from his pen like multiple times a day. He stacks rocks and uses them to climb over the wall. He figured out how to open the fence. <laughs> nice. He's dug holes. And so, yes, in the, on both Twitter and with some of our listeners, the text has been I would love to. To have. Andrea says they have cats, but if they can do anything, the consensus in their home is this honey badger. Well, that <laughs>
2: honey badger sounds like a huge headache. You'd constantly have to worry about it getting in.
1: It'd be <laughs> hilarious,
0: though. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, uh, have you ever seen a video of what octopi can do when they're left to their own devices. They can get out of their tank at uh, these aquariums where they live. They can open jars. They are absolutely fascinating. (laughs) I would not get uh, an octopus for that very reason. I think I'd have to go with a panda. GMAC, you can be sitting in your recliner and that long arm of the octopi just grabs the beer for you and not only passes you the beer, (laughs) it also (laughs) opens it it up for you. Crack and crack a cold one. There's the octopi t-shirt if I ever heard one.
1: Have you ever considered just turning up your volume on your headphones? (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, I just, I wanted him to turn it up for everybody. I can listen to it as loud as I want.
1: Does that really make a difference? How loud we, we played versus sure. how loud you Fade crank it, it in down. your car? Right,
0: Fort J? What? You're, Say what? You're the master, right?
1: <laughs> there was a
0: radio station that used to have a promotion. We control the treble. <laughs> we control the bass. And, uh, it got you really pumped up for a, a really good song. And All this right. is a, just a Friday feel good song. And uh, let's face it, we're going to need some of that inspiration because it's going to be a difficult few weeks for all of Manitoba, but starting in Western Manitoba, as we start this hour, starting Monday, people living in a large swath of Western Manitoba will no longer be able to gather in groups with more than 10 people. And when they're in public places, indoor or out, they will have to put on a mask. The restrictions announced yesterday... After the province raised the risk level in the Prairie Mountain Health Region to orange.
1: So that region includes places, obviously, like Brandon, Melita, Verdon, Minnedosa, Clear Lake, Dauphin, and and well beyond. It goes past actually Swan River, goes all the way to the Saskatchewan border, almost east to to Portage La Prairie. Portage isn't included, but it goes pretty far east and then south to the United States border. And so looking at the map in those districts this morning, there are 116 active cases in the Prairie Mountain Health region. 100 of them are in the city of Brandon. The rest are scattered throughout that area, including one active case in Dauphin. Dauphin's about a 150 kilometer drive from Brandon, but it's still going to be included in the list of towns and cities They're going to have to face these restrictions starting Monday. And so we want to speak with the City of Dauphin's manager, Sharla Griffiths, who joins us now. Good morning, Sharla. Good morning. So how did you feel? How were folks feeling when they first heard this news yesterday? You know, in some ways you're so removed from the outbreak in Brandon, but you're being included in these restrictions starting Monday.
3: Yeah, so I think that we were surprised, uh, especially since the province uh, implemented their pandemic response system uh, just the day before. Uh, we didn't think that we, uh, that anybody in the province would see a change uh, so quickly. Uh, however, based on the numbers that are in the Prairie Mountain Health region, um, we're thinking it does make sense.
0: Have you had some feedback, Sharla? Have there, have there been individuals who are asking the question, why us?
3: Well, you know what, I, I did watch... Um, the uh, the uh, press conference yesterday with Dr. Rusin, so I did see it live uh, see this change come out live and um, you know within minutes uh, social media started to buzz um, and uh, personally, I started receiving a few text messages and, and people popped into my office saying, "What does this mean for our organization and I think um, there there's a lot of um, maybe speculation going on because there's there's a just a few details. Dr. Russen did uh, comment that about the mask usage and about the groups gathering, the, the limiting on the group gathering sizes. But he did comment that there was going to be more information coming. And so we are waiting for that. Um, but I, I think there's some apprehension as well. Uh, kids are going back to school and, and we're putting on restrictions in our, in our health region. So there's concern.
1: But no, is there concern that you shouldn't be part of this, or does it make sense to you when you heard him say, you know, he talked about lots of people move around in the Prairie Mountain Health region. I believe if you're even uh, looking for a hospital, you do go to Brandon for the, is the closest hospital. Is that right? Uh, actually, Dolphin has
3: a, a very it? large center, okay. so we're very fortunate here. But, um, you know, we are part of the health region. Uh, we recognize that it is large, just as you said, from the U.S. border, uh, north. Um, of Swan River uh, east to the Saskatchewan border, uh, sorry, west to the Saskatchewan border and east the, to the lakes. Um, however, um, we see people traveling throughout that region daily. Uh, personally, I do travel from the south side of the park to the north side uh, to work, and I see people uh, going through the park service vehicles uh, and people traveling daily from north to south. So uh, we do empathize with our neighbors in Brandon. Uh, that they're having a, a cluster or an outbreak, but we're not naive to think that we can't have that here. So we must uh, keep diligent and keep to the basics.
0: Charlotte, I think there's been a sense, at least from where we sit here in Winnipeg, that the rest of Manitoba at the beginning of this was looking at Winnipeg as the epicenter, and then over the last several weeks, as that's shifted to the southeastern part of the province and now southwest, uh, that the, the message is it, it can happen anywhere and it can happen very quickly.
3: I, I definitely agree with that. Um we, we can it can be a small community, it can be a large community. So uh we all do have to be diligent.
1: What are your lingering questions then? It's our understanding that there might be more details provided today about the restrictions uh being imposed in the Prairie Mountain Health region, which includes Dauphin. What what are you waiting to hear in terms of those unanswered or unknowns?
3: Well I was hoping to see a press release, whether it's it's um it was yesterday or hopefully today, just with the you know, something in writing that we can um point to so that when we're implementing some of these uh, changes in our community like uh, mask wearing as as an example uh, that it is something uh, not just verbally expressed by the province but something written down.
1: Does it make sense? I mean what are your thoughts? You talk about people being worried about going back to school. Is there a concern that if people don't really take this seriously that that's where we're going to be? We're going to be right not even back at square one. It, it, It could be worse.
3: I, I think so. I think so. Um, th- there's there's a lot of mixed emotions in our in our community, um, you know, as as any community, I, I believe. Um, but you're right. If we don't take this seriously, in fact, the whole province, um, we could go backwards uh, or even farther back from than from square one.
0: Charla, uh, people are asking about enforcement of these uh, sorts of regulations, and what about supplies of masks? Uh, if people are in a situation, maybe. It's not in their budget. Is there a good availability of masks at different places in your community? Is that something you're keeping an eye on?
3: What we're seeing in Dauphin is that there's uh, been a great movement of um, local uh, people creating the reusable masks. Um, so that, that that is a resource that we can find um, in Dauphin. And, um, th- but I do I do agree that there will be, no, no doubt, uh, limited supply of the um, disposable masks very soon in in all of our health region no doubt.
1: Lots to sort as we get through the next uh, 48 hours or so for you I want to thank you for your time Sherry and I wanted to apologize for the hospital Sharla apologize Mm -hmm. for the hospital question because my firstborn was born in Brandon and I remember at the time there were people from Dauphin coming to Brandon to have their babies but perhaps that was just the time and place years ago so thank you for your clarification there.
3: Yeah no problem no problem thank you for uh, reaching out to Dauphin.
1: Sharla Griffiths city manager for the city of Dauphin joining us right here on the start
0: I don't know it feels like they're getting it out there and I don't mean getting it in terms of the covid but in terms of what needs to be done it would be very easy for someone to to be resentful in a community where they have exactly one case, 116 active cases in the region and take a look around and go, why do we have to do this?
1: Or to be on that line, because it, you know, there's technically a line where these restrictions won't be in place. So is there a community right. where you might be like, oh, I live four kilometers from well, Swan Well, Mac- McGregor,
0: if you look at uh, Highway Number 1 and where that health district ends on the Highway Number 1, it's got to be one side or the other of McGregor. So you're looking at McGregor, Austin, and Sydney, those three communities that are only 10 kilometers apart on the Trans-Canada Highway west of Portage-la-Prairie. We'll have to take a closer look at that map and see if we can figure out exactly where that line is. I'm going to remind you of our question of the day one more time. Right here on The Start, I'm Mackling, she's McNabb. McGarry returns on Monday. One more M for you. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt. Since 1992, visit creditaid.ca. Call 204-987-6890. Brandon and the Prairie Mountain Health region are going back to tighter restrictions with masks required. Do you think Winnipeg is next? Yes or no, Right now, the yeses have it. If you'd like to change that one way or the other, expand the yes vote or... Get in on the no vote. Go to cjob.com. Right? That's a
1: question everyone's asking this morning, I think, in part of if, could that come here or just reacting to the restrictions in general? Because there was also comments both on social media and on our text line, Greg, about the idea these restrictions go in place Monday. Mandatory masks, indoor or outdoor, in public places, as well as gatherings, public gatherings now reduced back to 10 So that means, you know, weddings off, uh, big family events, uh, that's not going to happen, potentially tournaments and all the rest. But it doesn't happen until Monday. And uh, I just heard from Kathy Kennedy, who is going to be talking about a hockey tournament that's taking place in Brandon this weekend. And it's still a go because in theory, they don't they don't have to reduce any gatherings Until Monday, Monday. and so she's going to be working to expand upon that story because sport is a big part of the equation as well, and it doesn't fall into uh, – there's different guidelines for sport when it comes to gatherings. There's different categories, right? And so last night, Dr. Brent Rusin said you don't have to cancel sports per se, but you might have to wear masks or make other – adjustments along the way.
0: Right. So as Brandon and the city uh, and the entire region where Brandon lives in the Prairie Mountain Health region, uh, those increased restrictions for gatherings begin Monday. Community organizations, businesses, and as we mentioned, sports organizations are being forced into difficult decisions. And last night, Brandon Minor Baseball released their plan for concluding the season.
1: So baseball, just for people who might not know, it was already running at an unusual time of the year at Many any skill and age levels because of COVID. The baseball season started late and so it's technically running late. Blake Stevens is president of the Brandon Minor Baseball Association and he joins us now. Good morning, Blake.
2: Good morning. Thank you so much for uh having me on. I hope all is well in Winnipeg and with your families.
1: Well thank you for that and I and I just extend the same to you because I know these are such unusual times and they just got more unusual and maybe concerning depending on how you're thinking about it for folks in yours area, Blake. So walk us through what led you to the decision to uh, basically wrap up the season.
2: Um, Well, we work pretty closely as an executive and we make decisions as a group in the best interest of our, you know, of our players and fans and uh, everybody involved in the sport. So uh, we basically decided to cut our losses, um, this week due to the fact that we moved to the orange zone. Uh, we, we really came down to, it. we didn't want to put our parents and players in an awkward situation of feeling like they were obligated to come out to the park when they weren't feeling comfortable. And uh, our season would have ended next weekend anyway. So uh, there's no provincial championships or nationals or anything this year with baseball. So we thought maybe this is a good time to just uh, count our blessings and, uh, and fold up the shot. So.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we had uh, volleyball nationals canceled in our house, and that was a difficult message and, and, and story to to share with uh, one of my sons that that plays on a club volleyball team. So baseball is a big part of summer in Manitoba for a lot of kids, uh, Blake. So there are two age groups that are going to continue their season, if I understand your memorandum correctly.
2: Yes, we have uh, AAA teams that are part of the uh, Winnipeg uh, Triple A baseball um, circuit, and uh, they'll play their uh, playoff games in Winnipeg. So they've decided that they're going to continue continue on and to travel into Winnipeg, and they'll wrap up in the next ten days. Also, so um, we're uh, not—it's not a a huge thing for them to you know to go forward and do that.
1: Yeah, there there are no travel restrictions at all right now in this case. Was there any consideration, though, given to maybe not? having those kids go, I'm wondering if there's some parents thinking, you know, maybe we shouldn't be moving around as as normal, given the fact that we're under these kinds of restrictions and guidelines and there is that outbreak in Brandon?
2: Yeah, and I think after talking with our coaches, um, that was their feeling was they were going to pass on to the players if there were people that wanted to opt out or weren't comfortable going, um, they can do that. The the difference there, I guess, is most of our uh, house league teams and, and uh, whatnot have very low numbers. That way we can get more kids on the field and more kids having at bats and and things like that whereas our our triple a teams have higher numbers so if there are a few kids who decide to opt out they could still field the team so
0: you know, you can list the major league baseball players that can that have come out of Manitoba on one hand, but we know mm-hmm. that hockey parents can get pretty intense when it comes to ice time and making sure their kids have all the opportunities they want to play uh, hockey, to practice, to be at camps. What's the response been from the baseball community uh, with regard to the to the decision that you've that you've made, Blake?
2: Uh, well, you're exactly right with the the hockey we. When I come to the ballpark, I I see parents and and friends, uh, you know, sitting uh, responsibly apart and visiting, and uh, none of them think their kids are going to go to the major leagues and play baseball. It's a sport that uh, gives you something to do in the summer. It's a very social sport, and we were so blessed to be able to put on a season this year, so um, that's the difference. When you go to the rink, you'll sit there, and and, uh, three-quarters of those parents sitting there, figure that their kids are going to make a living playing that sport so (laughs) that's the real that's the real difference I think with baseball and and with hockey so we uh, we decided to continue to try to grow our sport this year and and offer our parents something to something to do and uh, offer the kids a chance to get together again and uh, when you expect growth you can't also expect perfection so there were lots of mess ups and mix ups you know when kids hit a home run and they give each other a high five and whatever else, or if a coach is instructing someone, you know, they're grabbing a bat or they're trying to tell the child the proper way to stand or whatnot, there was some contact there, but all in all, we've had a great season. There was no, uh, there was no real issues. So we were just lucky to be able to do it. And, um, and uh, we're happy to be able to wrap up this way. So,
1: Speaking with Blake Stevens, president of the Brandon Minor Baseball Association. They made the decision last night to basically end the season with the exception of one group of kids traveling to Winnipeg for a tournament later this month. Blake, before we let you go, just generally speaking, you know, when this pandemic first started, I think a lot of people outside of Winnipeg looked at Winnipeg and thought this was a Winnipeg issue because that's where the most of the cases are and now it's the flip the, the script has flipped and we're looking to brandon are you feeling that have you heard from people on the outside saying oh brandon get it together
2: well i i agree um unfortunately is there's some carelessness by you know some people that lead to these things and uh um everybody thinks that it's not going to happen to them and everybody thinks that they're immune and uh the reality of it it is when you're when you're not thinking of other people and you're acting self selfishly, things like this are going to happen. And it, it's just a matter of time until, you know, it'll spread further and further if people continue to be selfish. And that's really disappointing. I'm a little bit disappointed in my community that we couldn't have held it together a little longer, but at the same time, you know, uh, sometimes these things happen for a reason and um, you know, we're, we'll be happy to hunker down here and, and follow the rules. And uh, with this uh Rip this virus.
0: Well, I spent four years of my life in Brandon, the formative years, and I couldn't be prouder or happier to have done so. Amazing people in that part of the province. This is going to be hitting some people tough, and, and I know they're going to straighten this thing out. Blake, thank you for the message you sent to the minor baseball players and parents uh, last night. It was incredibly well worded. Thank you for your time today and, and everything you do in the community in Brandon around keeping our kids healthy and active. It's much appreciated.
2: Thank you very much, and uh, you guys uh, have a great weekend.
0: Mackling and McNabb on a Friday morning as we head into a weekend. A different weekend, I think, for lots of folks as we reconsider the situation As it pertains to COVID-19 in our province, the city of Winnipeg has been spared a dramatic change in regulations, but we only have to drive... Just over 100 kilometres to the west, Loren McNabb, to know that uh, things are going to be much different for, oh, probably a couple hundred thousand Manitobans as the Prairie Mountain health region has changed things. All sorts of questions in the Brandon area and beyond this morning when it comes to new restrictions. That's where we start our final hour of the week. Those will go into effect on Monday. They include mandatory masks when in public places and gatherings, are not allowed to be larger than groups of 10 people.
1: So that gathering limit is exactly what the entire province saw back in March, April, May. And then it sort of lifted, you know, to 25 people and then got a little bit bigger. But at at the peak, what we consider the peak at the time of this pandemic, and now we might be entering a new one, Greg, what it meant is that funerals couldn't happen. Funerals had to be delayed. Weddings had to be postponed. Of course, there was all sorts of religious services that couldn't take place. And that was hard for a lot of people. But I wonder how you would feel if you had to postpone your wedding for a second time. Our next guest is an event coordinator, and one of her clients in the Brandon area was supposed to be married on the September long weekend. That was her second wedding date, as I understand it. Anna Dumas joins us now. Uh, Good morning, Anna. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. And I'm I'm probably feeling a little bit better than a lot of people in your area just because of what's going on there. I'm curious how that phone call went with the would-be bride had to be a tough one to walk through the same scenario again.
4: Uh, yeah, so uh, you would mentioned after the second postponement, actually it was a third postponement, um, and they were supposed to get married. This, uh, they dropped their numbers down uh, twice now. And so unfortunately um, she was very upset because the day before that she found out um, she had had her like, hair and makeup done and all of her test makeup. and We had just finalized the core plans and the meal and, and all that stuff. So she was finally getting really excited about it, and then it all got taken away.
0: Anna, how many guests were planned for in the original iteration of the wedding plan? And maybe walk us through now three different plans. How how dramatically did they change over time?
4: Uh, So it was originally 150, um, and that was supposed to be in March. And then they changed it to... Um, the summertime where it was going to be because we were hoping the restrictions to be lifted earlier. Um, and so it was at 30 people. And then their most recent one that they had planned for um, on September long was supposed to be 45 in their backyard.
1: So disappointment's one word. I, I can imagine there are a few tears. Is there any anger from her perspective or her or would-be spouse's perspective or even your own Nana's?
4: Uh Yeah, for sure. Like she's definitely, I would say, anger for sure, first and foremost, um, just because she's been trying to get married for well, I mean, they got engaged two years ago, so uh, they've been planning this for, for two years and for all of this to happen to her. So, yeah, I think anger was, like I said, front front run. Um, but with me and her, like when we chatted, she just she couldn't understand why it's you know, why is retail still open and why is people can still go clothes shopping, they can still go to the mall and things like that, but she can't have, like, 30 of her closest friends' family in her backyard even, um, or even 10 for that matter. So they, they can't even bring their numbers down to 10 because they have, like, a, even their immediate family is 17 people, as we counted, so...
0: Just not a possibility. I've got a text message here. Loren asked the question before we took our news break at the top of the hour. Have you had to cancel your wedding? And Ted, uh, Ted, uh, Todd texted in is what I'm trying to say. I don't live in Brandon, but the COVID-19 destroyed my plans of having a wedding this summer in Winnipeg. All the planning and people taking off time ahead of time. It really breaks me or mine and my fiance's heart. And I asked uh, if they have a new date. He said, well, we're kind of playing it by year because a lot of people are coming from Alberta. So it's kind of touch and go maybe next year. And so now here we are approaching the September long weekend, Anna. And I got to tell you, I'm supposed to be at a wedding July 1st in California next year. And I'm already starting to think, boy, I wonder if that's going to go off as planned.
4: Yeah, this this is going to affect the event industry for, for years to come. Like, I don't see uh, things going back to normal. Like, I have one bride that's even postponed to 2022, and that's just because she's like, I don't think everything's going to be back to normal by next year. And uh, especially with... With, with winter coming up and people staying inside more often, I feel like uh, numbers could increase and then we could go back to those small gathering sizes and, and uh, not being able to be outside, right? So, um, but this is, yeah, this has drastically changed the event industry. And, uh, and I know Brandon's event industry is, is going to be hurting for a very long time because of this.
1: Well, you felt that personally as well. So you were a restaurant owner. You ran the Prairie Firehouse in Brandon, and I know there were some lease issues that that were, played a big role in your decision to close. But COVID had to weigh into that, so COVID was part of the equation, and and it, here it is again, also hurting your business, Anna.
4: Yeah so we, we had a, a wedding book from um, the first weekend of May into the last week of October every single Saturday, and some weekends we were doing two to three because we were doing offsite catering as well. Um, so given that uh, that part of my business was gone, it, it definitely took a factor in, in deciding whether or not to, to renew the lease, because you know when that's a third of my revenue for the year, like that's hundreds of thousands of dollars that I was losing out on, and God knows if it would have come back for next year even.
1: Is there a consideration for any of your clients or your one that's supposed to get married on September long to move it elsewhere if you went outside the region? Would it make sense? Would it still still doable or is it more about
4: doing the way she wanted to do it? Well, I mean, it was, uh, I don't think any bride's getting it the way she wanted to right now. Like, some of them are even eloping or doing those 10-person weddings and, and 20-person weddings that they, or even up to 50 people, right? But, uh, like, I've got a bride this weekend that she's like, thank God it doesn't implement till Monday because she's got 55 people coming to her wedding at her grandmother's farm. Um, so, I mean, it, I don't know if if moving it somewhere else and then inconveniencing your guests even more after postponing how many times and being a travel guests. Like, it's like, okay, well yeah, you have to fly to Brandon and we want you to drive an hour and a half away from Brandon to come to our wedding because we only have to go an hour and a half to be able to be in this area where we can do these these mm-hmm. things. So then it's it's back to the same thing. It's like, well why would you drive an hour and a half away if, if the gathering sizes are supposed to be ten? Well, they're putting those those things in place for a reason, obviously. Um, so, I mean, it just feels like it, you're trying to bend the rules, essentially.
0: Yeah, that, and that's true, and, and that's probably the way it would be viewed, and some people might nece- not necessarily uh, like participating in that bending of the rule. All sorts of nuances there for sure, Anna. You mentioned the impact this will have on the event planning industry, and obviously not just in Brandon, but this is you know raging havoc all over the world. And uh, so when you look at this, You know, some people are going to say, oh, what's the big deal about having a big wedding? And people are going to poo-poo that and and sort of, you know, there are some people who have snarky comments about that. And I'm not going down that road, but I just want to ask you, so people have an idea, like there are going to be plenty of people out thousands of dollars for a wedding that simply doesn't happen.
4: Yes, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the economic impact, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm close friends with a lot of vendors that are here because I've worked so closely with them for years. And, I mean, they're just sitting there. And, and again, same same as me, they're out hundreds of thousands of dollars because this is our busiest season. and. And, I mean, despite the fact that we're all kind of loving the summer and having our weekends off because and spending time with our families again like we haven't done in years, but it's still uh, the financial impact of, of just it's, it's un- uncomfortable. Like, and, and some of my closest friends are sitting there, and they're like, this is my livelihood. And, um, and they're being severely impacted to the point where they're like, okay, well, for the first time in 10 years, I have to get a job. Like, I have to go work for somebody else. I have to do this, or I have to figure out what to do with my business, or if my business is even going to be around next year. What
0: about the couples? How, how much money could they conceivably be out for a wedding that uh, well, doesn't I,
4: happen? It depends. I mean, it depends on the vendor, really. I think most people like myself, for instance, it's like, okay, well, this is out of your control, so I'm, I'm doing the best I can to give all the deposits I can back. Um, I had a small deposit fee, so luckily that was a little bit easier for us. Um, but, uh, I mean, some vendors just can't afford to give it back. So they're, they're requiring that the bride and groom postpone. And then, so next year it's looking like, and I mean, even if it happens, I know a lot of venues are having Friday, Saturday, Sunday weddings. So they've got completely full weekends for next year in hopes that it all happens.
1: Do do you get it? Why this is happening? Like, what's your message to the rest of Manitoba? Because I sit here and I think, you know, if you're a business owner outside of Prairie Mountain Health region, you're thinking, please don't let those restrictions come back to where you're, someone else might be living. So what's your message to everybody in terms of what's happening here?
4: Uh, I mean, I'm definitely like a, for lack of a better term, a rule follower. Like if the government says we have to do this, then let's do it. But um, I just, I think my my biggest pet peeve right now is, is that, uh, that it's only affecting certain things like family gatherings, where these are close friends and family that you already see and already spend time with yet you can go into Walmart with 250 people. So that you know, that really bothers me, is that all of those things haven't been affected and they're not going to be affected nearly as much as say these small business owners and and so like i guess my message would be like do whatever you can to support them so like in terms of the florist industry maybe buy flowers and things like that um because i know they're severely affected uh any of your decor companies like i know that they've been having like uh they'll drop off decor for a small six-person party in your backyard and and stuff like that so just just trying to support them in, in any way you can just to kind of help these people buy because i know that they're struggling and it's, it's just heart-wrenching to watch
1: all right, thanks very much for your time and, and for your stories. We're speaking to Anna Dumas, an event coordinator in Brandon. Many weddings postponed in that community this week ahead uh, as we hit into new restrictions starting on Monday. Thanks, Anna.
4: Thank you.
0: Brett McGarry returns on Monday. It was great to see Brett yesterday. Coach Potatoes, the podcast is out. Brett talking about his Amazon Prime binge journey to Fiji and the Greatest race in the world. You want to check that out. You want to check that show out as well. As well, Bear uh, Grills. Is that how you say his last Bear name? Bear Grills or Grillas? The yeah. Grillas. Grills. I don't know. Name's Bear, Bear. He's cool. He's got a British accent, and uh, he's uh, the uh, outdoor guru uh, for many folks. You want to check that out on Amazon Prime if you have it. Lots of folks uh, weighing in on the wedding. Discussion and postponement of weddings and, and what you do with those deposits and uh, what do you do? You're coming up on a wedding a week from tomorrow and in, if you're in the Brandon, in the Prairie Mountain Health Region, uh, unless there's uh, less than 10 people at that wedding, it's not allowed to go ahead.
1: Yeah, that goes into effect Monday. So we just spoke at 9.05 with somebody uh, who's an event coordinator. They have a bride getting married tomorrow. That wedding will go ahead she's got a bride getting married two weeks from now that wedding has been postponed because of the size limits their family can't even fit in the 10 limit requirement because there were 17 people in the immediate family and that's what it was like for all of manitoba back in march and april when restrictions went into place on gathering sizes businesses shut their doors in an effort to keep the coronavirus at bay and the restrictions are of course are different this time around in the Prairie Mountain Health region Greg but the goal is essentially the same.
0: Yeah, we all remember what things were like in March and April as businesses shut their doors in an all out effort to keep the coronavirus at bay. The restrictions are different this time around but of course the goal is the same. James Chambers has been riding the roller coaster of rules which govern the way he's needed to run his business for several months now. Shay Angela Bakery and Cafe in and good morning James. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, thank you for taking the time. I can only imagine what things are like for, for you right now. So as you look ahead to Monday, what is going to change for you and your business? So
5: um, uh, a pose here when we when we got things going that we were just going to you know, call the new restrictions that kind of came into play in March. Th- that, that was going to be our norm for the next year. So we're kind of operating still from that phase one perspective. The only real new thing going forward will be that all guests will be required to wear masks when they come in. But in terms of sanitation and hygiene and, and changes and everything, we took the bulk of those changes on back in March and we've held them, um, we've kind of held on to those since that time. So th- that's that's where we're at today.
1: Seems like it was a smart move, given where you're back at, so your, your preparations don't have to be immense this weekend as you prep for Monday, James. But, you know, a few weeks ago, we were talking to people in your community about the anxiety they were feeling as they watched the case count rise. I'm wondering what the mood is now. Is there a sense or of, of anger at all, or is there anyone in the community that's wishing that more had been done earlier on in this outbreak?
5: You know, it's it's tough to it's tough to say what could have been done earlier that would have changed things. Again, this was a case of, of you know when when you've got people who are moving um, between communities and between provinces and not adhering to the recommendations for in terms of self isolation and everything, and that's kind of the catalyst that sparked some of the, these outbreaks. But the important thing is here, and the thing that we're trying to get out there is for everybody to remain kind to each other. That we're that there's there can't be a stigma that this thing is going to spread and we, we've dealt with really difficult changes we had to remove all the we moved all the tables from our, our dining room for example we had to deal with all the changes in, in catering and those things are going to keep going and, and yeah the frustration is there we had uh, 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 one couple who had a bridegroom, a uh, couple that uh, had their, their event in, in, um, earlier this year, they pushed to 2021 and then two days ago they just got their invitations ready they were rescheduled, they rescheduled for the end of September they were planning for 100 people outdoor and then just in, you know, in a heartbeat that was just wiped away so there, there's anxiety, there's stress the the restrictions coming down. Some of them are difficult to understand. And we just got a message from our public health inspector that they don't yet have clarity on what all of those restrictions are going to mean for the restaurant industry at this point. We're sitting here Friday and we're two days away.
0: And that's clearly got to be frustrating. If not, uh, you know, you're probably going to lose sleep over this, James, over the next couple of days until this thing sorts itself out. But the idea that you have implemented some things and operating with the idea that it's March 2020 for the next year might have some advantages. Can we try and find some positive here? What changes have you made that you've liked that have maybe advanced your business and given you opportunities that you didn't? realize you had in the first place
5: our our foundations when we got going were really about building community and and establishing really good relationships with local growers and producers we do everything from scratch And when the pandemic hit, that really that message really started to resonate resonate with people, and that message of supporting local really started to resonate. Um, One of the changes that we made was that that some of the types of offerings that we had in our in our menu and things like meal kits and ready to bake things and and things like that. And because we had an online presence already and an online store in place, it was pretty easy for us to transition. Even though we had like we lost literally two streams of revenue. We lost all of our cafe service, the the people that would come in for brunch and the people that would come in just off the street for lunch that, that disappeared we lost over $35,000 in catering um, immediately just in, in, in a number of days at the start of this but because we were able to do those pivots and we kind of rerouted ourselves in those relationships and in that community we just um, we just knew that that was that was going to help us be more resilient but it, it wasn't without cost we we had we thought that we were going to be a company that had four five six employees but we grew to over 25 mm-hmm. employees in our first two years when the pandemic hit and we, had, we lost those streams of revenue, um, we fell down to 13 employees one pay period. We've been working as, as tirelessly as we can, and we're back up to 19 employees. And these new restrictions, I mean, they, they certainly, when you've got the livelihood of, of 19 people on your shoulders, that's, that's, you know, kind of stress you didn't sign up for. You, nobody, nobody identified global pandemic as a line item, as a risk on their business plan. So this, is, this has been a challenge every day.
1: What do you say to people out there who are like, yeah, well, this is what happens when you don't follow the guidelines? Because I think it's really easy. I mentioned to a guest earlier, it's easy uh, on the outside looking in. And I know early on in the pandemic, there might have been people outside of Winnipeg saying, oh, this looks like it's just Winnipeg's problem. That's where all the cases are. And now we've got the opposite effect happening. We're looking to Brandon and saying, oh, boy, you know, it's outside of Winnipeg that's now the largest cluster, and it's easy to point fingers or tell somebody they, they, they need to get their act together. Uh, where are you on that whole front in terms of talking to the people and saying, look, if we don't get this right now, my God, how much worse will it get again?
5: This is really all about um, caring for each other. And even if you're somebody who's healthy and you think that you're going to be able to sail through this, even if you you get it and it, maybe it's not going to be any worse for you than a common cold, but it's thinking about things like you know my mother or my my father-in-law who 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 deal with you know you know that's part of their life their life um, right now, or they're dealing with emphysema or something like that. And those are the people that we're putting at risk when this, when this spreads. We cannot stigmatize this. We cannot make this something where it turns community against each other. The only way we're getting through this is together. So we lift each other up. We take care of each other. The people who are most at risk are the ones that need the most help. And while, you know, there was a a great quote that I read last night. Somebody said, we're not all on the same boat right now. We're in the same storm. We're all in different boats. And those boats are going to fare the water differently. But but this is the same storm. And the only way through it is for us to, you know, to, to band together and get across the water
0: at the same time. Well, if we want our neighbours and our friends and our family businesses to succeed and their jobs to exist and our kids to go to school, we all have to do the right thing. Whether you're in Brandon, Winnipeg, Flin Flon, Thompson, you're right. We're all in the same storm and we just might be uh, experiencing a a different uh, swell of, of waves at a different time right now. James, thanks for your positivity, your sense of community. It's inspirational and uh, we hope for everyone in Brandon that you get through this uh, the way we hope that you will and uh, just all the best to you, your family, all your employees.
5: Thanks for sharing the story about what's going on here in Brandon, and everybody take care out there. All right. That
0: is James Chambers, co-owner of Shea Angela Bakery. Their online presence is tremendous. Check them out on Instagram. Uh, If if you want to be craving some food, Lorraine. that's the site to go to because they do some terrific stuff, an important part of the community in Brandon.